0: Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. We've got every single camp finally underway. We've got one preseason game in the books, another one coming up soon. Uh, So so we're really kind of in the thick of it, in the thick of this preseason action. There's just really breaking news almost every day. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of it dealing with injuries.
1: Yeah, and I say this all the time, that there's that period from when the draft ends until training camp starts, and unfortunately, that's basically the time your favorite team is going to look its best. It's all bad news, basically, from there, and we are getting some of that, some worse than ever. I don't think it's any different than any other year, but it's rough. I mean, it's just a rough situation.
0: People are falling, and we have to react. Absolutely. We are, we are going to react today. We're going to actually hit on all 32 NFL teams with our guest. We have Curtis Patrick. Curtis is a senior writer over at DLF, along with me, and uh, he's also the co-host of the Player Raider podcast, also with me. Curtis, how's it going, man?
2: <laughs> man, I'm, I'm fantastic. This is such a great time of year. There's new news every couple hours. It's, it's just a great time of year to talk ball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and it's some, Sometimes that's a little, uh, little scary, a little bad news, like Matt said, and, and we'll get to some of those situations. Curtis, you have been working on a, a training camp note series. I know your plan is uh, like we're going to do today. You're going to cover all 32 teams, but going into a lot more detail. Uh, and I think the plan is an article a day and you're, you're about a quarter of the way through. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm through eight. I, I think I've done eight in ten days, so I've fallen behind slightly, but pretty close to the goal. So it it's a grind. It's it's something that I've wanted to do, and um, you know, I'm glad DLF's uh, letting me entertain the idea. But yeah, an, an article a day is a challenge.
0: No doubt. Yeah, there's there's so much news, like we said, that sometimes it is hard to keep up. And your series is is. An easy way to stay on top of that news. It's easy to miss things, even if you're following Roto World, following Twitter every day. News and tidbits slip between the cracks, and following your content over at DLF is an easy way to stay on top of that. We're going to jump right in, though. Again, we're covering all 32 teams. We might be here all night. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) But, Curtis, you started this series that we're talking about with an overview of every team with one question that you suggested your readers focus on as as training camps begin. We're now a couple weeks into training camp, but still kind of in that early period with most teams having four, uh, well, I guess every team having four preseason games still to play. So we're going to start at the top, the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned John Brown. He's reportedly healthy, of course, had the issues with sickle cell trait last year and really just struggled due to that but he's back he's gaining weight and your question is how is he going to perform how's he going to look do you have any insight on that
2: yeah actually uh, the early early reports from from Arizona and they were one of the first teams to report this offseason so we actually have a little bit uh, of extra practice data from them but the early reports were really glowing he dominated the first few days of camp the local beats were really all over him and, and just kind of gushing about him. Um, to be honest, it was about the only name that was showing up in, in every day's um, camp notes um, from all the different beats. Unfortunately, he tweaked a hammy um, about a weekend. We've heard that story before with John Brown. And I think, you know, this more chronic issue, uh, chronic health issue that he was dealing with last year, it's nice to know that he's, he's over that. And it's nice to hear a story about him gaining, Um, 12 pounds Um, but at the same time you know we we need him to uh, avoid those soft tissue injuries and stay on the field so you know Brown is a guy whose dynasty ADP has slipped uh, a a lot um, since last year and so he was a good buy low target and I think he still remains one but might want to keep an eye on that hamstring over the next couple weeks.
1: I think Brown's been Ryan and Mai's buy low guy basically since the season ended. I mean, I remember kind of standing on the table for him and I'm still, I'm still all in. I love the player.
0: Yeah, I do too. Um, And I agree with Curtis. He's, I still think you can buy low even at his current price but he's starting to starting to be one of those players who continues to miss time with, with these different injuries. Obviously, the the sickle cell is not something we're go, going to hold against him as far as being injury prone or anything like that. But the hamstrings and some of these other things, a, a situation to watch for sure, and, and it, his value could really fluctuate over the next few weeks. Curtis, the Atlanta Falcons, your question was, what will the backfield touch splits look like for – Devonte Freeman and Tevin Coleman with the new offensive coordinator Star- Steve Sarkeesian's in town now. What are your thoughts there? That's both of those players are so highly valued right now. That's definitely an important situation.
2: Yeah, I, my my prediction here is that Tevin Coleman's going to end up being pro- proven to be overvalued since his his breakout last season. You know, the team has talked a lot about, you know, all the focus really this whole summer has been on Freeman and sewing him up um, for the long run. For those of the, you that put any kind of credence in in metrics or you know touchdown, red zone, um, goal to go, um, efficiency, those types of things, I mean, Tevin Coleman kind of had an otherworldly year last year, and so he's due for some um, regression to the mean in that area anyway. And you know, I don't have enough information about the backfield touch splits yet because frankly, it's it's not out there. You know, hopefully before Week One we'll we'll have that information. But my my prediction here is that we see Devontae um, have a little bit more of that share than he had last year, um, particularly with the touchdowns, but even in overall touches. Matt, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for a while, just you know, from an NFL perspective, I think the Falcons' offense takes a step backwards. It almost has to. You know, I mean, is our all-five offensive linemen going to play 16 games? No. You know, I mean, is – I think the Shanahan loss is huge. I think you'll look back at Ryan's career and say 2016 was his best season. And I also don't think Sark will use Tolman, or Coleman and Freeman together, or even on their own, nearly as well as Shanahan did, splitting them out wide against linebackers, all those matchup advantages. However, I've really grown fond of Coleman. I didn't like him much coming out of school. I didn't love him as a rookie, but the more I've watched him, I really like the talent. And from a dynasty perspective, Freeman's not signed yet. I mean, it sounds like that's going to happen, but if they let him walk or somehow make a move there, Coleman's a monster.
0: Coleman might almost be a player to sell right now and try to buy again as the season ends, uh, depending on that Freeman contract, Curtis, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Quick and straight to the point, who will be the starting tight end? We know about all the injuries there, mainly with Dennis Pitta, but but a few of those other guys have, have had some injury trouble as well. Do you see anybody emerging? Is this a position we should even really concern ourselves with?
2: Well, we, we've got to monitor it because, you know, Pitta led all NFL tight ends and targets last season. So, I mean, we, we absolutely have to, to care who's going to be there. But as you mentioned, you know, Pitta's not in the picture anymore. Max Williams um, looks like he could potentially be on the pup um, for the first six weeks of the season. Gilmore is down. So Ben Watson's last man standing and, you know, he's not fully healthy yet, but we saw what kind of year he had in, in new Orleans, um, y- you know, even of late. So I, you know, I put some uh, a little bit of faith in Ben Watson and I have a, a couple shares in, in dynasty and more so in redraft, but in, in dynasty, hey, he's, he's free right now. So you could do worse.
1: Man, that Dixon situation broke my heart. He was a guy I was buying like crazy. I thought he was going to have a big year, a big couple years. You know, Greg Roman comes in there. His Bills team offenses have led the league in rushing both the last few years. Um, That that, that offense in general really scares me. If I was Ozzie Newsome, though, I would be calling San Francisco about Carlos Hyde.
0: What about calling San Francisco about Vance McDonald. He seems to be yeah, on Yeah, throw that. him in too. <laughs> right. Oh, Although- man,
2: Ryan, you just know what to say <laughs> to get me going. Oh, oh, I would love it. Vance is my boy. Yeah, I, I'll sign off on that right now.
0: <laughs> Although with that ugly new contract that they gave him, I don't know if anybody's going to trade for him. That's That was a crazy move by the Niners.
2: He's one of the only players in the league signed through 2021. Good for Vance.
0: Wow, wow. Good for Vance. Uh, well, we kind of mentioned it there with Dixon and with, with some of these other situations. But, um, Curtis, your article is, at this point, a week and a half, a couple weeks old. So some of the situations have we kind of have some clarity on at this point. Uh, some are still to be determined as training camp and the preseason unfolds. The next one, though, with the Buffalo Bills is one that, that we've learned about. Your question was, will the team bring in Anquan Bolden or another veteran, and how will that affect Zay Jones? So we know now that they did, in fact, sign Anquan Bolden. As far as dynasty impact goes, that doesn't move the needle at all when it comes to Zay Jones, I, I would think. But what about this season? It, it has to hurt a little bit, right?
2: I, I don't know. Um, it, if, if we hadn't had the coaching turnover, I would say, yes, definitively Bolden being there will affect negatively impact Zay Jones' target share his target share and his overall number of targets, like just the number of passing attempts available um, by the team would have changed. However, you know, I did some digging on Rick Dennison and his, his average finish in pass attempts. And basically it's, you know, it's the league median It's 16th in the NFL in passing attempts and just above 14th in passing yards last year, the bills, they, uh, basically 32nd um, in passing attempts and a 29th or 30th in passing yards. So there's nowhere to go but up. Really, I feel strongly that the Bills are going to average five to six more passing attempts per game. And, you know, those targets have to go somewhere. Robert Woods is gone. So I, I don't know. I, I just still feel like even with Bolden being in tow, that Zay Jones can find himself 80 to maybe even 90 targets. So I'm, I'm still high on on Zay Jones as a kind of a late-round redraft sleeper and you know i love him for dynasty so and as you said you know a 36 year old in bolden doesn't scare me at all for zay jones dynasty value
1: fantasy aside i really like this move i mean i think he'll be a positive influence on sammy and you know young zay jones i would think he'll operate out of the slot a lot and keep zay and sammy on the outside which i think they're they're best suited for and he's a heck of a blocker you know for a run first team i think he's gonna make a difference that way too
0: the next team is the Carolina Panthers and it's all about the backfield here. What is it going to look like with Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey?
2: Well, if if you watch the the practice videos that are that are being posted, I mean McCaffrey does look like he's going to be an animal in the receiving game. I've seen one where he looks makes Luke Keekley look particularly silly uh, in a pursuit drill and you know a couple others where they actually um, send him on some go routes out of the backfield. So that's going to be exciting to monitor but I don't think Christian McCaffrey's going to be a touch hog. You know, I think he, you know, he could be he he could find himself actually being out-touched by Jonathan Stewart still this year but vastly outperform him for fantasy purposes uh, because of the the PPR production um, and just some efficiency gains. You know, I think he he could be a guy like, you know, maybe Jamal Charles in his heyday where, you know, we only see 10, 12, 15 rushes maximum. Um, but what he adds in the receiving game and in yards per carry could really end up still making Jace do look a little bit silly other than the touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting situation. And I, I think McCaffrey's going to be basically a starting slot receiver. I wonder if Samuel's going to be Ted Ginn, or is he going to be an underneath guy? I just don't think Cam is set up for a quick-hitting, accuracy-based passing game. I, I I don't know. I, I have some... Some questions of how that all shapes up and I think it's one of the more interesting situations out there.
0: Yeah I think we're just giving up on Stewart way too soon he's been underrated in my opinion the past couple years after after being so overvalued early in his career uh, when he was dealing with injuries and had trouble uh, staying on the field and of course D'Angelo Williams was still there at that point but with McCaffrey there dynasty owners have, have just totally given up on Jonathan Stewart He's he's falling to the 16th, 17th, 18th round of our mock drafts that we do. So, so he's nearly free as well, and, and he could end up being a fantasy starter, at the very least a bye week guy. So he, he's a player that I would be targeting just as a super cheap uh, emergency running back. Curtis, the next team, the Chicago Bears, who will emerge as the primary receiving weapon? Uh, they've got a lot of options there. Who do you like to step up?
2: Oh, man, this is just such a tragic situation. Um, you know, I think everyone would love to say that it's going to be Kevin White. But the last reports that I were reading were that the, uh, the wide receiver room recently was turned into a Kevin White college film session where they were trying to encourage him by showing him his own highlights from several years ago. So that doesn't sound like a guy who's mentally prepared um, to, to take on. Um, to take on an alpha role in the offense this year. So I'm I'm gonna, you know, we talked about this last November um when I was on with you guys last time. I you know, I think I I believed in Cam Meredith at that time. Um interesting guy, you know, converted quarterback situation. I, I think the smart money is on Meredith to lead the team in targets right now.
0: Matt, do you see it that way as well?
1: I guess. Um I think Howard's gonna get about the same amount of of, of dump offs too. Um, Kevin White is obviously the huge wild card that none of us can count on. Yeah, I, I think Meredith is certainly the guy to own.
0: Yeah, I just I just don't know who else it would be. Uh, honestly, they, the tight end situation's pretty ugly. there. Zach Miller coming off an injury. Who knows if Shaheen's ready? Probably not. They sign all these cast off wide receivers like Cruz and Marcus Wheaton. And to me, it just seems like Meredith and, and really nobody else. Curtis, in Cincinnati, your question is, is Tyler Eifert on schedule for a week one return? And also, uh, who gets bumped down to the wide receiver four? Who gets the the short end there? Is it Tyler Boyd or Brandon LaFell? I haven't seen uh, really many practice reports out of Cincinnati. What have you seen, Curtis?
2: Um, I have more information on the, the receiver battle there. LaFell the last couple of days um, has had some great practices. And I think at this point, I I would project that Boyd's going to be the odd man out there. We know they're going to, they're going to force John Ross onto the field. um, Is the, is the, you know, and I say, I guess I say wide receiver four there, but you know, we, we could see them use Ross more um, in kind of a slot burner role and LaFell could end up still being on, on the outside. So but I guess I'm I'm saying in terms of number four, I think Boyd is the battle with LaFell. Eifert, I've heard, is is more on schedule than than he was at the time that at the time that I wrote this. So that situation looks like it's going to be a little bit more positive at this point.
0: Yeah, and with with Boyd, well, with LaFell, honestly, it just doesn't really matter if he's wide receiver three there, if he's the fourth option, his dynasty values really not going to be changed much at this point in his career. But for Boyd, if he's beat out by LaFell, if he becomes really the fourth or fifth option on this team, maybe even sixth if you throw in uh, Gio or Mixon as a pass catcher out of the backfield, I mean, his dynasty value is just shot a little over a year into his career. Let's move on to Cleveland. Can Cody Kessler hold off to Sean Kaiser for the starting quarterback role? Several teams have a quarterback battle going on and, and uh, will be interesting situations to watch. This is, I think this is the first one we've talked about. How do you see it shaking out Kessler versus Kaiser? And is there a chance that Brock Osweiler could be the week one starter?
2: Well, that that's been the development in the last couple of days is, and you know, they've actually named Osweiler the starter for uh, the, their first preseason game later this week. And Coach Jackson basically said, "Well, Osweiler hasn't got a lot of reps with the um, the first team, and they want to see what he looks like, you know, on the field and in that environment." It seems a little curious to me that the the first time he gets a lot of snaps with with that group is going to be un, under the lights. But you know, whatever. That's up to Coach Jackson to decide.
1: I, I very much believe the only reason Osweiler's starting is to shop him for trade bait. That's
2: that's good perspective. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that yet, but. I wonder who I wonder who would be interested now that um, the Dolphins no. have signed Cutler, <laughs> uh, and would what, what the Browns basically just be getting rid of the roster spot and paying the salary? I mean, that would be that would be just a, such a mess. But that's that's good. Perspective, yeah, I think Matt.
1: I think if they could get a fifth or sixth round pick, they'd do it in a heartbeat. I mean, it I, like you kind of mentioned. I think it's Kessler versus Kaiser with Kaiser being the one everybody wants to win it. Um, I don't think Osweiler's really even in the in the mix when when it's all said and done.
2: Yeah, they're going to get. They're definitely going to get to Kaiser this season. The question is going to be, you know, does he start four games or ten games or all sixteen? So ultimately, there's not a lot of incentive to put him out there unless he's just that much better than Kessler. And the reports over the first week a uh, week or two have been that they're pretty even and no one's pulling away. So I would expect at this point, um, unless Kaiser really looks great um, in extended preseason time, that Kessler is going to start the season. The other thing to monitor in, in Cleveland was the the tight end position, Um, they spent a first-round pick on David uh, David Njoku, and he is listed as the third-string tight end initially. And Randall Telfer is listed as the starting tight end right now with Seth DeValve uh, number two. So Telfer's not a guy that was on my radar at all. That was pretty surprising. I don't even know who he is. Yeah, I
0: think he's just a blocking tight end. Um, So nothing nothing to really see there. Curtis, I I had seen a report somewhere that – Basically, Hugh Jackson just doesn't like Cody Kessler. Ha- have you heard anything like that?
2: I haven't seen that. Um, I'd be interested to read read that report. It's weird because last year, if you remember, he basically went out of his way to justify the draft pick because Kessler, a lot of people accused him of being overdrafted in the third round. And Jackson, I think his explanation was, uh, just trust me <laughs> uh, if I remember that presser correctly. Yeah. So that's that's a long way to come in a year on Kessler.
0: Yeah and I I'm, I don't recall the report I'm not sure if that was uh, some type of personal issue or maybe just a you know a, an issue with him as a player or or something I'm I'm not sure but that I thought that was an interesting report and along with that was that basically Jackson was was pushing Kaiser as the long-term answer there so we'll see uh, of course Kaiser is is the player to own kind of like Matt said, he's, he's getting there eventually for sure.
1: Ryan, do you know what the long-term answer is to all your
0: shaving problems? Oh, what is that? It's Harry's.
1: I told you guys all a little bit about Harry's before last time we got together. But they're great. I, I gotta say, I've been an electric razor guy my whole life. I, I shave every day. I never let my scruff grow; it'd be ugly. But when we got in touch with Harry's, they sent us these new blades, and I'm hooked, man. Every morning, I am Harry's all day long. I've really sensitive skin. I thought that would be a problem with these razors, and it isn't at all. These are something you really gotta check out. Harry's is so confident that you're gonna love their blades, they'll give you their trial shave set for free—an entire shave set when you when you sign up at Harrys.com/slash Dynasty. Use our use our code. And you get all those for free. All you got to pay for is the shipping. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why 3 million guys, including myself, have switched to Harry's. Uh, Jeff and Andy, they're just two ordinary dudes were fed up with buying overpriced razors. And they started Harry's to fix the shaving problem. And they're doing a great job of it. They bought their own old German factory. Over 100 years of blade-making experience to ensure the highest quality. And all products are backed by a 100% guarantee. The five-blade razor is half the price of the leading other you know, their competitors, which is great, and they're selling you directly over the internet. So here's what you do. Claim your free trial offer today. It's a $13 pack that you get for free. All you have to do is cover shipping, which is cheap. Your, your free trial set includes a weighted aeronomic razor handle, which is really heavy, it's a good stuff. Five precision engineer blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, Rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover. So that's all for free. All you got to do is go to harrys.com slash
0: dynasty. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. All right, Curtis. The next team is the Dallas Cowboys. Will anyone push Terrence Williams for that wide receiver two spot?
2: Nope. <laughs> uh, no one's going to my, when I wrote this, my hope would be that Noah Brown would come out early and and show us something. But he looks like, um, from everything I've read at this point, it looks like he's more competing for a practice squad spot. So I guess we could spend, you know, sixty seconds talking about. Uh, hey, let's let's do over under three and a half game suspension for Zeke. I'm gonna say under. Matt, you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Under. Okay. Yeah, I think you. it's
0: one. Yeah, I think under as well. Uh, I think at this point we're looking more at one or two. The longer this drags on, maybe maybe even zero potentially. I know everyone at this point assumes that he's getting suspended, but. Again, the longer this drags on, I don't know. On the wide receiver spot, Curtis Williams is going to be the wide receiver two lined up opposite of Des. But in fantasy, dynasty, or redraft, wouldn't you rather have Beasley?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Be- Beasley a great. Um, he's a great filler player. He actually um, he had two top five uh, receiving weeks last year. So you know he's a guy you could do a lot worse than you know by week fill in there or you know it just if he's a guy that's out there for cheap I like having those guys around.
0: Yeah, uh, even though I agree with you, Williams is going to win that second wide receiver spot. I'm not sure he's even worth a roster spot in dynasty leagues.
1: That's going to be a big offseason need for them. They need to they need to add a receiver with some size to opposite
0: Des. Curtis, the next question, the next team, I should say, the Denver Broncos. This is another quarterback battle, and it seems uh, the recent reports have it going Trevor Simeon's way.
2: Yeah, that's everything that I've seen too. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be Simeon. I think that's probably, uh, if you look at who that affects, that's probably a little bit better for Manny Sanders than um, than Demaryius Thomas. Um, Seem like Simeon would favor him a little bit. And I mean it's probably best for the offense overall right now. Lynch would have been interesting because he adds a little bit more uh mobility and I guess he's just more of a, a lesser known commodity. We we kind of know that Simeon's like he's definitely just a guy. So it would have been it would have been nice to uh monitor that situation if Lynch got the job, but doesn't doesn't appear to be shaping up that way. The other thing in uh in Denver to watch is the is the backfield because We've wanted, we basically wanted CJ Anderson um to be a bell cow for two seasons now and for a number of reasons that hasn't worked out. And so we've heard some buzz on, you know, their sixth round pick, uh D'Angelo Henderson. We know that they've already announced that Jamal Charles is going to get some playing time this week, probably just to see what he looks like at game speed on his knees that look like elbows now that freak me out every time I see pictures of him. So, you know, I am I'm, I'm very interested um to see what happens in the backfield in Denver.
1: I I still have hope for Booker. I know that there's there's not great buzz on him now, and he's banged up right now. I think too, but he catches the ball well. You know, a scheme change. He's kind of one of my all time. He's one of my my buy lows right now. Get him thrown in in a deal. Mm.
0: I think you might be the only one there, Matt. I know. I know. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay, pay you to take wrestler. him. <laughs>
0: Let's look at Detroit next. It's uh, it's uh, all about Eric Ebron here. Is he going to emerge as one of the primary offensive weapons for Stafford?
2: Man, I'm I'm Team Ebron. I'm I'm one of the four horsemen. Uh, I you know I do believe in him. It's been a little discouraging to hear all of this. Um, you know, last two or three days, everyone's been all over Kenny Galladay and talking about how much size he has. You know, as a red zone weapon, and he had a you know a good. You know, he had one good practice segment where he scored a couple touchdowns uh, over the course of a couple plays, and you would have literally thought that he was the next coming of Megatron. Um, <laughs> after the reports of that practice, but I mean, Ebron is even bigger than Galladay. So, you know, when they talk about Galladay being the the red zone weapon and monster that they need, I mean, Ebron's already been there. Bolden's gone. Bolden was the big problem for Ebron Ebron last year, so. Um, I, I'm still going to say that, that that Ebron takes a step forward. Galladay might have some utility um, as a rookie, maybe a little bit more now than we would have thought of when he was originally drafted. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still on Ebron. I think he can he can find his way to that tight end 7, eight, 9 range um, this year. I think he can be there.
1: I 100% agree with everything you just said. I, I don't really have anything to add, but Ebron's a guy I would like to have. I don't see the buzz on Galladay. I'm not buying it.
0: I like what I've seen a little bit from Galladay, but I think the hype is is really getting out of hand. I saw him go in the tenth round in a redraft league today. Uh, oh, just man. just too rich for me. Wow. That's that's an industry redraft as well. Pretty some big Ooh. names in that one. The Green Bay Packers. Ty Montgomery. Is he going to keep that job? Are these rookies uh, going to eat into his workload? We've heard Jamal Williams has looked good, and he's gotten first team snaps in practice and things like that Curtis what's your take on that situation
2: yeah I, I think McCarthy wants to keep primarily one back on the field um, and I think Taimo is, is going to get every chance to be that guy all, all of the size concerns are very unwarranted he's actually he's he's bigger than many running backs in the league he weighs almost you know two and a quarter um, he's very well suited to the role and, and played that position previously in his career so I think he's going to get a chance to do it. Jamal Williams looks like he's going to he's going to win the number two role. The guy that I was kind of um, excited about because uh, he showed up really positively in some of uh, the Rotoviz of his staff write ups in the in the pre draft segment of the off was Aaron Jones, but he looks like he's relegated to the the fourth team right now. Um, so I don't know what that's all about, but he has some work cut out for him if he wants to have any touches this year.
1: Yeah, that shocked me too. I, I thought he had a chance to really make noise. Maybe he still does. Who knows? I mean, it's very early in his career. But I've really warmed up to Ty Montgomery. I mean, I've done a couple of mocks with uh, with football guys, and you know, was was ready to take him in one, and he went right before me, and then I grabbed him in the other. Uh, you know, for redraft, I think he's in for a, potentially a really big year.
0: With the Houston Texans, it's another quarterback battle: Tom Savage versus Deshaun Watson. Uh, again, it sounds like the veteran is in good shape to start the season. Curtis, what are you hearing on the Texan situation?
2: Yeah, the, the reports that I read today are that Tom Savage is a heavy favorite um, to have this job in week one. So, you know, again, I, I think it would be a huge upset if we don't see half of the season played out by Deshaun Watson. But the Texans are one of those teams where if, if their backfield stays healthy and J.J. Watt stays healthy – they could win some games, you know just with a game manager, so you know if if they can if they can run their offense um through the backfield and and not have to rely on Tom Savage, he maybe get more games than than he's really earned.
0: I think both Houston and Denver are just such interesting situations because they have this these quarterback battles going on, but they're also playoff contenders I would say in most people's mind um some of the other teams, Cleveland included. It's interesting to watch. We like Kaiser from a dynasty perspective, but they're not really contending this year. But uh, Houston and Denver are different situations. You you say Houston and Denver, and the other thing that I think they really have in
1: common are two of the very best defenses in the league too. So I think those head coaches know that, you know, our script is not going to win games 30 to 28. They're going to be low scoring. They're going to be conservative on offense. They're going to try to win with defense.
0: All right, Curtis, what about the Colts and Andrew Luck? It's it's not really looking good for Andrew Luck owners in at least in redraft leagues. We don't want to go too far in dynasty leagues.
2: Yeah, this is this is becoming more concerning to me. He's luck's still not he's not throwing. Man, I think I think it'd be a huge upset if he if he started week one. And if he doesn't start week one, you know, how many practices does he have in? this is reminding me a lot of the year that Peyton Manning missed. And I had a lot, a lot of Peyton Manning shares at that point. And uh, yeah, that, that was an ugly season for me. I'd try to forget about it actually, but um, you know, Matt, I wanted to ask you specifically about T Y Hilton and and what it would mean for him. Um, You know, let's say luck, luck misses like four games. How, how much would you back off
1: on your Hilton love? No, extreme, no doubt about it. Because I mean, if he, if it comes out that Hilton's gonna or Luck's gonna miss the first month of the season, is that is that kind of what you're thinking? You know, at the beginning here, that he's if by chance he says he's not gonna be right ready for opening day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think if he misses if he misses one week, he's probably missing multiple. If he's that close by week one, I think you just get him out there, and you just don't, you know what I mean? You just hand the ball off. Yeah, but you or... know what?
1: I, I just wonder. I mean, I would think you know, we've seen it through his career that he plays through injury, and I don't know if that's a good situation either. I, I've been kind of not paying attention to it on purpose just to say, oh, luck will be there. I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling good about it. You know, because I love the player and I thought he had his best year as a pro last year. Same with Hilton. But the more you think about it, the more you think, man, the season is near. And that's, I mean, they, they're an and 16 team without him, I think.
2: I, I really feel like he's going to miss multiple games at this point. And, and, and maybe it's, I'm just wow. over remembering 2011. Um, I think that was the year with Manning, but I just had blind faith that uh, it's Manning is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The Colts, you know, this should be a good year for them. There's no way he misses games. He's going to be out there. I don't know. I, I just have this sneaking suspicion We're we're in the second week of August. He's not even throwing. I and mean, that's a long way to come.
0: It is. Uh, you bum me out, Curtis. I've got too many Andrew Lux shares. All right, let's move on. What about the Jacksonville Jaguars? We've got Leonard Fournette. Is he going to be a three down back? Can he catch the ball out of the backfield or is, is he just going to be more of a first and second down runner?
2: I think he's going to get some of the third down shares. It, I think it. what's going to be really interesting is does he get like the four minute and two minute offenses? It's going to be probably hard for him to, to usurp uh, TJ Yeldon there. Um, but I think in other portions of the game, especially, you know, in. Um, in the scoring zone, I think he stays on the field. We just don't know enough about Fournette as a receiver to say that he can't that he can't be effective there. He just wasn't utilized in that way. You know, another guy that wasn't utilized that way and showed us that he was okay in that category was Jordan Howard last year. You know, some problems with drops, but he still hauled in over thirty balls after you know single digit receptions in his college career. And I think Fournette could show us something similar.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good comparison just from a passing game perspective. But Fortnette's even a better athlete. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be Matt Forte or Le'Veon Bell or, you know, Johnson, where you split him out wide or certainly not like a Riddick or somebody like that. But I think you can dump the ball to him in the screen game or, you know, Bortles gets in trouble and just checks it down to him. He's going to catch the football in the, in the short zones. And kind of like you were saying, I mean, I think he's on the field on third and fourth or third and four. You know, I'm not sure that he's there on third and 18, but – You know, I think in manageable situations, he's out there.
0: Curtis, let's move on to our next team. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, What's their backfield going to look like? Spencer Ware versus Kareem Hunt.
2: Well, Spencer Ware um, is shaping up to hold on to his starter role. You know, I think everyone was kind of hoping, hey, let's see the shiny new toy. Hunt's definitely going to be backing him up to begin the year. Um, And Ware is going to get a chance to show what he can do through the first half of last year he was easily an RB1 until he had the concussion. So he was very, very effective and then fell off after he returned from the concussion. So, you know, I don't know if we can blame half a season on that, but you know, you can certainly trace it back to a single event um, where it seemed like his production fell off. So I think Hunt's going to give us enough to continue to be excited about early. And I think he's the guy that you want in the long run. I really like Kareem Hunt. He's a he was a, a first round um, dynasty uh, you know rookie grade for this offseason, and, and he hasn't done anything to you know lose that type of value in my mind.
0: Now even with some pretty positive news regarding where sounds like he is gonna hold that job, like you said, it, it seems like Hunt is gaining dynasty value. Uh, the more people learn about him, the more people see him play. Uh, so yeah, I, I expect him to continue to be a riser, even if he starts the season as the backup there. What about the Los Angeles Chargers? Keenan Allen coming back from injury. Uh, Melvin Gordon also had an injury late in the season. How do you expect those two guys to rebound and fit into that offense?
2: Well, I think the key thing for Allen is that is that Mike Williams is is now um, questionable. You know, when I when I wrote this, I had in mind you know, maybe that the target distribution was going to be really hard to project. But with Williams out of the picture, you know, I think that and not that he would have out-targeted Keenan or anything, but at that point, you would have been talking, hey, we've got three legit, um, big, uh, versatile, um, you know, red zone presences and uh, Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams. And it just would have been really difficult. You know, Allen could have had one of those weird years where, he had like eighty catches for a thousand yards and two touchdowns or something. It would have been really, you know. They also have Hunter Henry. It could have been really crazy. But at this point, I think, I think, I feel safe saying that Allen's going to be the main target hog there. I think Melvin Gordon. I, I think he's, you know, if he's if he's healthy, he's going to outperform what he did even last year. The, the new coaching regime uh, for the Chargers is even more running back centric. You know, this is this is the group that was in in Buffalo, and you know, Anthony Lynn was behind some of the production for. Sean McCoy the last few seasons so you know that's very good situation for Melvin and he's a guy I like a lot in redraft and and he's growing on me in Dynasty even though he's he's quickly aging
1: yeah I agree with both those I think both these guys are in for strong fantasy years but you know from a NFL perspective you know a lot of us thought they would take Malik Hooker or a safety or something like that early and with that what that six pick um, but instead, they take Mike Williams, which is shocking, and then they go back-to-back offensive linemen. And, and I think their theory on it was, man, we've been asking too much from Rivers lately, that we need to, you know, surround him with pieces, and both these areas have been hurt consistently over the last couple of years. Let's just reinforce it with the embarrassment of riches. Well, Williams is out and forced Lamps out for
0: the year. This team is freaking cursed. Just the sheer number of injuries that has hit that team and, and also has hit the Ravens. Is, it really feels like both of those teams uh-huh. are kind of cursed. Curtis, if, if you're saying that Keenan Allen is a second or third round startup pick, and then the other two, the, the two Williams, Mike and Tyrell, are more in that six, seven, eight range, which one are you picking based on that value, if you can only have one?
2: I think I still like Mike Williams there. I just don't I don't believe in, in Tyrell Williams moving forward. He looked, you know, he looked good last year, but Rivers has made a lot of guys look good um that didn't necessarily have great draft pedigree or, you know, I I, I think he really was just a benefit of he was the only guy standing. You know, I think Allen is objectively more talented, but I don't want to pay the price for Allen at this point. Um, he's missed s- just so much time. It's hard to give him an injury-prone label when it's been different injuries every time. But at some point, you just got to, you know, give me a break. I think there's a lot safer picks um, at his current ADP. So I'll I'll take Williams, and I think you know Williams will continue to slide um, as we don't see him. So he's he's probably going to be a guy that I look to to purchase throughout this season.
0: I think that would be a smart play for sure. Also in L.A., the Rams, uh, how much of a leap can we expect from Jerry Goff in his second year with the new coaching staff?
2: Well, I mean, any movement would would basically be a gigantic right. leap. You know, Goff, Goff just had, by any measure, um, just an abysmal rookie campaign, one one of the worst that we've seen. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think McVay, I mean, clearly he, he knows what he's doing with an offense. I, I think if nothing else, it's going to be exciting to see him sling the ball around um, we've heard him pumping up how they want to use Gurley out of the backfield since Lance Dunbar still isn't healthy. And you know what I've been trying to do is because of how cheap they are, just amass various shares of the of the Rams' receiving core. Um, because at some point, Goff's going to lock onto one of these guys, and and somebody's going to become a target hog. So um, Cooper Cup's the guy that I I think could sneak kind of in a sneaky fashion potentially lead all rookies and targets uh, if he gets that slot job and it looks like he's going to Um, Robert Woods is there, former second round draft pedigree. Um, They're paying him a lot of money. Tavon Austin's one of the highest paid receivers in the league and has never done, you know, a lot, but you know, maybe McVay knows how to use him in a Jamison Crowder style deployment. So uh, the Rams are going to be really interesting to to watch. And I've tried to fill the ends of my rosters with a lot of different guys from that squad.
1: I know this sounds crazy for as awful as Goff played last year, but it was a really short amount of time. Things couldn't have been worse. Fisher to McVay, to me, is night and day. I think this offense is going to be serviceable slash respectable this year, which would be great strides from a year ago.
0: Curtis, the next team is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, in your article, you talked about JJ, but unfortunately for them, the story has changed. Uh, of course, we saw Ryan Tannehill go down with the injury. Since then, they have signed Jay Cutler out of retirement. What's your take on that situation?
2: Well, I think I think at this point we gotta assume that Cutler's getting the whole year. I'm not sure if we've heard. I don't think that I've seen for sure that Tannehill's out out the year. I mean, I think it would probably go this way at that point. But this is a 10-win a ten win team from last year. Cutler knows Gase's offense. And I, I think he gets, you know, the season to show what he can do at this point. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the target share between Landry and Parker. I've seen some, like, all oh, the snap reaction was, well, this will be good for Devontae Parker because Cutler's, you know, tended to favor larger receivers over the course of his career. But I mean, Landry's you know, you can say what you want about his skill set. And, you know, this is the age of the slot receiver. He's he's tied for most receptions ever in his first three years in the league. Two hundred and eighty-eight catches uh, equal with OBJ. So I, I still think that he's he's the guy that you want. The other thing that's you know it's it's become a subtitle because of the cutler signing is Ajay did sustain a concussion last week and you know he's out until further notice. So we need to keep an eye on that. I don't, I'm not worried about him for week one, you know, but sometimes, you know, it, that first drop in the bucket and the concussion, you know, that kind of leads to, uh, you know, more frequent issues, you know, with that. So that's something that we need to be aware of at um, the running back position especially.
1: Yeah, the, while this is monstrous NFL news, obviously, it doesn't move the needle much for me in terms of win losses for Miami, uh, how it changes fantasy value at the quarterback position or the receivers. But I'm curious, Ryan. Do you think this really hurts Tannehill's dynasty stock?
0: I do because I well, I mean, how what much? Stock? Yeah, how far down can he go? Yeah, right, right. We can we can talk about this with the Jets. But uh, Quincy Anunua goes down earlier this week. He's out for the year. I go look at my rankings to to move him down slightly as a result and and he's, he's way down in the 70s already, so it's kind of a similar situation with Cutler. He's he's probably in the late teens, early 20s at best in dynasty rankings before the injury, so yeah, he probably moves down. The, the situation and, and the thing to watch now, I think, is what does Miami do going forward after this year? He's He's got a right. huge contract. He hasn't really shown much. You could say he's, he's improved from year to year, but enough to earn 17 mil a year plus. I I don't know. So that will be one to watch. If Cutler can get them to the playoffs, kind of do what Tannehill did uh, last year, they may be ready to take a quarterback in the first or second round. And and there's going to be quite a few good ones available.
1: And I also wonder if Cutler might stick around for more than just this year now, too. I mean, why not? If he has a good year, I, I don't think he wanted to retire. I just think nobody wanted him.
0: Yeah, that, that was a weird situation from the start. It seems like, yeah, I don't know why he retired so soon. That was that was strange. Uh, Curtis, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings. We saw the Adam Thielen surprise breakout a year ago. Now he seems somewhat entrenched as the second option there. Uh, can Laquan Treadwell push him after really doing nothing as a rookie?
2: I think he can, yeah. Um... For all intents and purposes, he's already locked down the wide receiver three role. We're gonna see more three receiver sets this year, even than than last year, now that um Shermer is gonna have his offense and uh completely installed. You know, last year, um this was I guess maybe underappreciated, but they switched offensive coordinators, um, you know, and and Shermer was really kind of forced to keep some of North Turner's stuff in there because they brought Bradford in like, you know, a day <laughs> a day before week one, essentially. And and through this new offense, Adam, and, and now you've got Shermer and Bradford who already have this history running the West Coast offense together. So you're going to see more three wide receiver sets anyway. So that gets us a little look at Treadwell. And I do think over the course of the year, he's he's going to supplant Thielen. Um, Scott Barrett's done some really great work on, on Thielen, showing that he essentially had one of the easiest years week after week after week in terms of matchups of any wide receiver in the last decade. And that's, that's going to catch up to him. No one's going to be surprised by Adam Thielen this year. And I think that we're going to start to see Treadwell flash some of that, um, that first-round pedigree. And, you know, and I just got to get this plug for the Vikings offense. I think people are sleeping on, on this offense. They don't need Bradford to throw for 4,500 yards for there to be some really elite pieces. You know, Rudolph is underappreciated. I'm a huge Dalvin Cook fan. And I like that they're um, transitioning to a zone run blocking game um, to maximize his skill set. So, you know, Vikings definitely a team uh, on the rise for dynasty uh, targets, in my opinion.
1: I think they are. Period. I mean, I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think people are sleeping on them, and they're the most underrated team in the league. I think Bradford's a much better quarterback than people realize. And I also look at Treadwell and think. His skill set's more like an NFL number two receiver, and Thielen's is more like an NFL three receiver.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said, Matt. Uh, Curtis, the Patriots, it's it's really all about Brandon Cooks this year. They they made the move to acquire him. How is he going to fit in with that offense?
2: Wow, man. Everyone is freaking out in <laughs> um, and, and Foxborough about how Cooks and Brady have looked over the last couple of days. They really seem to be finding their chemistry. I think – He's a better NFL asset than fantasy asset now in in New England because there's just so many mouths to feed. Edelman quietly had you know basically his best fantasy year ever last year. He had over 1,100 yards receiving somehow quietly. He's not just going away. He didn't become bad overnight. Um, So I think Cooks, he's probably going to score more touchdowns than we saw in New Orleans. I could easily see Cooks um, putting up double digits there. But I don't think he's automatically going to be this – you know, 95 reception uh, style receiver that that we've seen from Edelman. I think he's going to be more of that perimeter uh, over the top weapon that we saw Brady use, you know, back like in the Randy Moss days. So very, very exciting. Creates a lot of matchup problems for the offense. I think everyone benefits from Cooks being in town on the entire offense. But for fantasy purposes, I think Gronk's still the guy to own in the offense.
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of truth to that. And last year they began to throw deep more than they have in previous seasons, really since the Moss era. But they're throwing deep to Hogan and Gronk. You know, Not that those guys can't do it, but those are going to go to Cooks. I mean, I think he's going to get a shot play or two or three every game. But I also think he's going to get a lot of bubble screens, a lot of get-it-in-his-hands-now type of throws.
0: Curtis, Cook's dynasty value is, has essentially been unchanged since the trade. He's still hanging around that mid-to-late second-round range of startup drafts is there any way his his adp his value can improve in this situation
2: sure i mean if if he scores double digit touchdowns um he is he is going to climb some some of the older receivers are going to start to sag and then you know what happens over the course of a year you know what if what if julio's uh you know what if julio's um dinged up history comes back and you're already hearing that he might be a little dinged now you know what if uh you know, what, what if Dez isn't all the way back? Uh, um, A.J. Green's going to be getting, you know, really close to 30 after this season. You know, you know I, I don't know. I think it'd be very easy. What if Sammy Watkins doesn't um, take a step forward? What if Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins and all these guys are kind of that same tier? What if they don't return to their former form? Um, Cooks could, I, th- I think he could hypothetically find himself in the, in the in the startup top 12 by this time. Next year, um, and in a lot of different scenarios, because there's just so many guys in front of them that are either aging or aren't sure bets.
1: It's such a high-profile team, too, that you know they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they very well could win another Super Bowl. That if he's a key component of that offense, a lot of eyes are going to see him when he's on Sports Center all the time. I mean, those kind of things matter in the the general public.
0: Let's move on to Cook's former team, the Saints, and right now it's all about the backfield. Uh, they bring back Mark Ingram, who they seem to have some issues with for some reason. Uh, but they also bring in Adrian Peterson via free agency, Alvin Kamara in the draft. Now a three-headed backfield. What are the what are those touches going to look like on a weekly basis, Kurtz?
2: I think I think Ingram and Peterson will be. Barely close in their touch splits. Um, We might have a little bit of a hot hand situation, but Ingram's going to get more of the passing game work. Um, We've, but I I don't know that it's a situation to avoid. You know that offense has produced. You know several times they've produced uh, multiple top uh, twenty-four backs in the in the same season, and I think this would be another instance where we see that. The thing that's going to be interesting for me, I think, is. Alvin Kamara how much do they use him as a, a receiver by design and not just out of the backfield in the initial depth chart that was released and I mean this is a this is a beat reporter depth chart it's not a team depth chart but he's listed as the as the fifth string running back right now so you know I don't, I don't I don't know if that's just because they plan on playing their fifth string offense a lot in the first preseason game and they want to put him down there so they can see him but clearly he has a little bit of work to do to pass some of the guys like Traveris Cadet in front of him um, for some of that receiving down work so um, Kamara not a guy that I'm much lower, uh, on him than the rest of the, the dynasty industry, it seems. And, you know, it looks like he does have a long, a long way to come for meaningful touches.
1: See, I went Peterson on all my redraft teams. I think he's going to have a really good year and I'm shocked. He's going as late as he is. I mean, at a minimum, I think he's the Lagarrett Blunt touchdown vulture guy, but I think he's going to do more than that. And, and a famous Ryan McDowell rookie trick. I think Kamara is the ideal guy Week six, week seven, to go trade for.
0: I don't know if that's a, that's a trick, uh, one of my tricks, but I'll be trading for him at, in every league if I can. I, I'm still loving Kamara even with his competition there. All right, Curtis, we've got about ten teams left, and just a few minutes, we're going to go rapid fire on the next few teams. The New York Giants will Evan Ingram start right away? I'll say yes. All right, Matt, w- yes. what do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. The New York Jets. Oh, this is this is an ugly skip one. Them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, skip them. Let's skip them. We probably should. We'll we'll do it for posterity's sake. Uh, who wins the starting quarterback job?
2: McCown, I guess.
1: I think McCown starts week one, but I think they're insane if they let him start sixteen games and don't at least see Hackenberg on the field.
2: Oh, he he won't last eight quarters. He'll be injured. I mean, well, I, that too, I, I, right? I've seen yeah. this, I've seen this movie way too many times.
0: <laughs> yeah. McCown has, he just, he can't protect himself. Like
2: he's going to he, break his collarbone on third and 27 <laughs> trying to scramble.
0: Yes, exactly. Right. So we might see, yes, he will. we might see Hackenberg. We might see petty. We don't really think any of those guys are the long-term answer there. Curtis, the Raiders will Marshawn Lynch look fresh or old.
2: Yeah, fresh man. I I love me some beast mode. I, I've got him. I, I've got him on a lot of best ball teams, and I, I want to have him on redraft teams just because I like rooting for the guy. Um, he had an epic, <laughs> an epic uh, press conference uh, kind of drop in the other day where he was hitting on the hitting on the host and dropping profanity on live TV. It was great. That's exactly what you want out of Marshawn. But I do think on the field he's going to be effective. Um, it sounds like they want to try to control his touches a little bit. So. I think he has high-end RB2 upside. I I don't know that I want him in in Dynasty, though.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if if he starts the season strong, he would be maybe my top sell candidate in the Dynasty League. Philadelphia Eagles, has Carson Wentz corrected that throwing motion after struggling uh, in the latter part of 2016?
2: Yeah, it looks like he has. Um, He hired his own own throwing coach in the offseason, which the team didn't seem too happy with. Um, but his form looks corrected early in camp, and and he's really been the star of camp. There's been a lot of talk about the, the wide receivers, but he's been the star of camp so far. So uh, keep an eye on Wentz.
0: Seems like with. He should be a star.
2: Uh, I think Wentz to be a star.
0: Yeah, with with Jeffrey added there, Toy Smith, some other weapons, it seems like many are expecting Wentz to take a big step forward. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell still not in camp, Martavis Bryant still not reinstated. What are we focusing on there with Pittsburgh, Curtis?
2: I mean, those two guys. I mean, we're just, we're setting our tents up outside the facility and waiting for each one of them to show up. Um, it does sound like Bryant's going to be reinstated and uh, fully reinstated, I should say, and be allowed to start practicing by the end of the week. That's, that's per the team. I'm not sure why they would float that if they didn't have a confidence level. And I don't know. I just really don't know how to read Bell. Bell's a little bit of an enigma um, with some of his. Uh, off the field interests um, and, and choices of, of groups that he runs with. I, I, I really don't know. For I, I think it's a range of possible outcomes that, that he doesn't play week one. I don't know that I, I would bet on it, but I wouldn't put it past him to hold out.
0: That seems to be a situation nobody is really worried about. I guess the, everybody just expects him to show up soon. Yeah,
1: and I'm, I'll be at camp tomorrow. I've been around the team a lot and, and so far. Um, everyone expects Bryant any minute now to get reinstated. Uh, Who knows? But, I mean, they're shocked it's taken this long. And I don't think Bell will show up for a while. And I think if you gave Coach Tomlin true serum, he doesn't even care. And I don't either. As a Steeler fan, I keep telling the Steeler Nation not to worry. You know, Adrian Peterson has basically zero preseason carries. He doesn't need them. Don't get him hurt. Keep him away from the team. So, yeah, I do think he'll kind of hold out. But he'll be there for week one. And the other note I just want to mention, too, is it's a really crowded wide receiver room right now. Um, Justin Hunter is getting a lot of buzz and making a lot of big plays. And Juju Smith-Schuster has certainly exceeded expectations too.
0: I'm not buying into the Justin Hunter love. I just, I can't do it again.
2: <laughs> so do you think it's possible Juju um, supplants Eli Rogers for the for the third spot before week one?
1: Yes. Uh, I'm not really? predicting it, but I think it's possible. Uh, Juju can play in the slot or outside. A B could move to the slot. Coates and Hunter are in the mix too as outside guys. Um, they're going
0: to have six quality receivers. I hope you're not counting Coats and Hunter among those. I am. Oh, <laughs> I'm not even sure Hunter will make the team. You you said quality, uh,
1: dude. Sammy Coates' hand looked like it went through a lawnmower last year. I mean, that's he was looking at him the first five weeks of the year. That, that's who he is. He he just couldn't catch the ball because his hand was destroyed. Okay,
0: (laughs) let's move on. (laughs) San Francisco, we already mentioned Vance McDonald. We're going to somehow get two Vance McDonald mentions in. Vance or George Kittle, who wins the starting tight end job there?
2: It's Vance's job. George Kittle showing up at at fourth on the initial depth chart, and Vance is going to have to play his way out of that after after all the money they just paid him.
0: And Kittle also has a, a bad hammy I think so that's not helping his cause Seattle does Tyler Lockett look right after that leg injury ended his 2016 season I know he's back off pup so some good news there and also will Eddie Lacey continue to meet his weight goals
2: Eddie did just meet his August weigh-in goal so he's he's you know padding that wallet he's he's turning fat into money uh which is awesome good for good for Eddie and uh Lockett's I, I do not have a read on Lockett. He looked great at times um last season. He's not a guy I own any of because I just I don't want anyone other than Baldwin or Jimmy Graham in that passing offense. But there's plenty of guys out there certainly um that do believe in Lockett as a dynasty asset.
0: If you can own one Seattle running back, Lacey Pro Rawls, who do you want? I want Lacey. I think
2: he's I think he has a chance to become their next bell and i'm not crazy about i'm not crazy about Rawls at all i think he you know he doesn't have any pedigree the team already had a chance to commit to him and they continue to just draft and draft other running backs and bring in free agents and ProSize, you know i think he's he's intriguing but i don't think that he projects to be um a three down guy and i think lacy has a chance to do that so i want lacy
1: precise is the one i want from that backfield but i think all three will get hurt (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: I, that's where i am as well uh,
0: maybe uh, alex collins i don't know maybe maybe by right alex by
1: collins. week five yeah they will each get a start and they'll all go down and then alex collins will be the man in week five christian michael will be back there again.
0: oh let's so. hope not all right <laughs> tampa bay how will the usage of cameron Brait and oj howard balance out
2: i think it i think that's that's the term that we want to use i think it is going to be balanced i think breit will outsnap howard but I think Howard is going to be in plenty of packages. They're going to have two tight ends on the field quite often, um, take advantage of that height and uh, abuse the seam. Um, they're going to be very difficult to defend between those two tight ends and Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. I, I don't want to play safety against the Buccaneers this year.
0: Tennessee Titans, can Derrick Henry earn a larger split in that timeshare along with, or maybe we should say behind, DeMarco Murray?
2: It doesn't sound like it. Um, the the team has come out and and flat out said that Demarco Murray is our starter and there's no competition and if if Demarco stays healthy I think that the touches look similar to what they did last year but Demarco um, did did tweak uh, something uh, last week and missed and missed a little bit of time so maybe Henry gets a little opening here um, and and can flash enough to to earn a little bit more uh, a little bit more time on the field with Mariota but. You know, I, this has a, been a disappointing situation. If you if you invested high draft capital on Derrick Henry last season,
0: yeah, for sure. And, and his price is still uh, still pretty lofty. Uh, that that six round redraft ADP that uh, that one of our guests mentioned just a, a few weeks ago, I still can't get over that. Uh, <laughs> last one: Washington Redskins will Samaj P. Ryan push Rob Kelly for that starting running back job.
2: All reports are that he is not doing that and that that is Kelly's job. Um, P. Ryan is uh, third on the depth chart right now. You know, if he, sh- if he flashes enough in, in preseason and he's got four chances to do that, maybe he can earn more of a timeshare. But I think this is heading towards Kelly dominating touches early in the season.
1: I bet P. Ryan takes it over sooner than later, though. I just think Kelly's just a guy.
0: I think they're yeah. both just guys. I actually think that's the case as well. Uh, P. Ryan has the bigger name, had a, had a nice college career, uh, and, and was drafted higher, but I don't know that. Well, I, I'm pretty certain Kelly's not the long-term answer. I don't think P Ryan is either. All right, Curtis, thank you so much for joining us. A ton of information on every NFL team packed into just over an hour. Uh, we did it guys. We, we fit it all in, uh, Curtis, tell our listeners where they can find your work.
2: Well, you can find uh, my work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. You can also find me over at Pro Football Focus. I'll be doing some weekly redraft and DFS work for them during the season. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Command.
0: All right. Thanks again to Curtis. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.